The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail. Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe home Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms We're America, your family, the land of liberty We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free We are America truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation thanks to you we're living free we're a quilt of many colors and we breathe red white and blue we're america your country and It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray, along with his prestigious co-host. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray and this week's co-host. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network. Today is July 30th, 2013. Where in the hell did that month go? (laughs) That's unbelievable. I'm Gary Ray along with my co-host, Linda Crater, President and CEO for VeteranCaregiver.com. Good morning, Linda. How are you? Good morning, Gary. I'm just fine. Summer has gone very, very quickly, hasn't it? It sure has. It sure has. You know, I had a phone call this morning. We got some new listeners, by the way, the Daytona DeLand State College Vets. They have a vet center right on campus to help our veterans with their careers, and we'll be posting more info on that after they get approval. You know how that goes, approval, approval, approval. Everything has to be approved. Today, we'll be showcasing an organization that provides a renewed sense of purpose for our military veterans. They unite the skills and experiences of our veterans with first responders to rapidly deploy emergency response teams. They are not only a disaster relief organization, but a veteran-focused enterprise. Along with their teamwork and decisive leadership, they are invaluable in disaster zones. Linda, why don't you introduce our guest? I am really pleased today to introduce Vince Moffat of Team Rubicon. I first became familiar with Team Rubicon through one of the founders, Jake Wood, when he was working here in D.C., um, working for collaborative efforts and the to address the enormous challenges veterans find once they return home to the communities. And a lot of the discussion at that time centered around vets have their worldview changed, their family life changed, their jobs may or may not be there, they may have incurred injuries, but nearly all of them expressed that they had lost their united sense of mission that they had while in the service. So through Team Rubicon, 
it was amazing to watch the metamorphosis of a nonprofit turn into a responsive crisis team and a way to utilize the amazing logistic and leadership skills of our military veterans. And I welcome Vince Moffat today to the American Heroes Network, and we are very anxious for you to tell our audience lots more about Team Rubicon and the mission and the accomplishments. So welcome. Yes, Thanks. welcome. It's good to be here. Thank you very much. All right. All right. Well, let me ask you, how did Team Rubicon ever come into existence? Well, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, the Haiti earthquake in two, 2010 was a very pivotal moment for, for many people. Um, you know, as a world, we, we all sat back and, and watched that thing happen and, and the, the chaos that ensued and, and wanted to help and reach out. And um, uh, our co-founders, co Jake Wood and Will McNulty, actually led a, a small group of responders um, to Haiti to actually help in that disaster. I think they were just, you know, to to listen to Jake tell the story is amazing. But basically, you know, they're sitting there watching watching this stuff happen on the news, and they're like, "Man, you know, we don't have anything else going on right now. We've got to help. Let's go!" And right. so they they literally put their stuff together and uh, um, flew to the Dominican Republic. Um, and you know, through that process of uh, providing aid and medical aid and, you know, basically anything and everything that was needed through that period, you know, they, they realized that um, they were able to provide a very unique skill set. Um, you know, they're, they're no longer active military. Um, they still have the training. They're, they're um, very capable of uh, performing at a high, um, high level in that type of environment. So, the thought and, and concept of Team Rubicon was born through that. All right. All right. And I, I guess the big thing um, uh, just recently was Oklahoma, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, um, you know, we're, we're about we're still a fairly new organization. Um, we've had quite a few international responses um, and the, the Domestic response is something that, you know, starting with Joplin, Missouri, that, that was a new concept to us, realizing right. that, you know, we could provide a lot of aid here domestically. And not only, you know, providing the aid is an important aspect. I mean, one, th one of the things that makes Team Rubicon very unique from the other disaster organizations and the thing that we realize is um, it's an important missing aspect is that we can get in there, you know, during the initial stages and provide um that aid before the long-term organizations come in. So um, that's where that, you know, our, our bridge, the gap that's, you know, on all, on the T Rubicon um, stuff comes from is the fact that we bridge that gap. And Oklahoma is a good example of that. We were actually, I was in Cleburne, um, Texas doing a tornado response with team Rubicon. And we just finished operations in Cleburne and we were actually getting ready to, to, I think move to, Granbury and see if we could do some some work down in there and and do some expedient home repair and some debris removal. Um, we were trying to um, do some recon on that and we watched on the news that afternoon, watched the tornado go through more. Um, mm -hmm. It was just, I mean, such a surreal thing seeing that thing happen. And and to be honest with you, it was almost like it was fake. And so we we immediately changed our focus to um, that area, realizing that there was going to be you know, uh, just a great need for help and resources and assets in that area. And 
Um, so we on on May twentieth we started to mobilize from Grand or Cleburne, Texas, and uh, we were there on May twenty first, actually within twenty four hours of the tornado. Vince, that is one of the things that is so incredibly important about Team Rubicon. You you mentioned it. You bridge the gaps. You get there before the formal groups can get there. Can you speak a bit about how you organize the logistics of such a rapid response? Um, yeah, wow. <laughs> Sorry, big question. That's one, yeah, that's one of the challenging things for sure. But, um, you know, my, my background, I'm actually um, – I, I just recently, three years ago, retired from the fire service, and I'm a task force leader with a, one of the FEMA USAR teams. And, mm-hmm. you know, going in with those responses, um, you know, I know that if I'm going to go in with a FEMA USAR team that I have 70 people, I have, you know, so much logistical support, and it's all right there. We may send in an overhead team um, or advanced team to go in and do initial recon and kind of set things up, but um, we know what we're going to have. One of the things with Team Rubicon is being dynamic in the sense of, you know, we can definitely scale our response up and down from something as small as like a, a small strike team type response of six people all the way up to the, the type of response that we had more, which was, at, you know, at our peak was over 100, um, you know, troops on the ground. So, um, you know, that always uh, fluctuates quite a bit, but I think the initial um recon in there and, and more, you know, and we, I, I think, you know, as we talk, we, we expand on this, when, you know, after the break probably, but more was a really unique challenge for us because, um, you know, we have our um, headquarters staff that, that provides a lot of overhead and, and basically um, they're our support. They're like our um, emergency operations center that supports us on the ground and can do a lot of the legwork for us while we're in route. But you know, we didn't really know what we were going to get ourselves into there. We didn't know if it was going to be search and rescue. We didn't know if it was going to be de- debris removal, um, home repair. Um, and, and in the end, we ended up changing to the point where we were actually doing um, demolition of homes, which was something that was totally unique for us and, and outside of anything we had done in, in the past on our responses. So, you know, we're, I, I guess my point is that, that you know, we are so flexible going in there that we can adapt like that and then grow or shrink depending on the needs of the disaster. Well, it's interesting because what you're describing is agile movement based on the fact that your leadership is so strong and that the skills and the responses of those responding to that leadership are so inherent in the military culture, the first responder culture. You just set out to do the mission, period. No fuss, no muss. Yeah. You just do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's you know I'm always amazed with with this group, and you know this response. We had a lot of um, brand new uh, members that responded to this. Um, you know we're we're right now where our membership base is right at um, ten thousand people. So um, wow. You know the the ability for these people to adapt and you know to whatever the situation is, regardless, and come in there and saying, hey, I don't even know what we're going to do, but I want to do it. And uh, I'll sleep in a parking lot if I need to do it. Or, you know, I'll, I'll eat MREs for a week. And that's that's okay with me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was definitely, um, it's definitely one of the strengths that makes us very unique. And, and it's one of the things that attracted me to it, as opposed to my responses that I'd done a lot with uh, – within the fire service and the, the urban search and rescue world. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, how, how many regions do you have? 
You know, we're based off of the same model that FEMA uses. So we, we have 10, 10 regions in the U.S. Um, and then there's a regional administrator for each one of those regions. Um, all of them are volunteers. Our headquarters are are um, are the only paid staff of the, the organization. They're based out of L.A., um, Inglewood, um, California. That's phenomenal. That's what average now a thousand dollar a thousand volunteers per region. Then right, ten thousand. Well, yeah, that's approximately. I know that my region alone, which is Region Six, which is Texas, Arkansas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, and Louisiana. You know, we're at thirteen hundred um, members now. Uh, so, and and we have one of probably the most active. You know, I, I'm not going to say the most active regions because all the regions are active, but we're definitely prone for disasters. Um, in, in that area, <laughs> right on the goal. Think, think about that for a second. Uh, that's that's funny. Now, when you count those numbers, are you also counting civilian volunteers that are also added to your efforts? Or are those the military veteran or first responders that you're counting as members? Um, it, it's it's a combination. Uh, really, our our active member base is mm-hmm. probably approximately eighty nine percent veteran based, and then ten okay. percent first responder or, um, you know, medical professional, disaster professional. Um, We do work with some of the civilian volunteers. um, You know, maybe I could elaborate a little bit on our strengths and how we can, um, how we are able to do that. Um, If you want to keep that thought, what we can do is when we come back uh, from our break, uh, we can, you can stretch it out as long as you'd like. (laughs) Okay. 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 Awesome. We're, We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be spending just a minute or two with Anthony from uh, VeteranTrek.org and DryHoosh.org. They'll inform us on supplies that are still needed, and they're going to ask for your support for their – it's a little bit longer than taking a walk to 7-Eleven. It's 2,700-mile walk from Milwaukee to L.A. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host Linda and our guest Vince from Team Rubicon USA. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America, on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you ready for another meeting? Do you leave wondering if you've made any progress? Or was it just another organizational reorganization? Are you looking for a way to change that and make progress? Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel every week for educational leadership. What else is possible? With hosts Mary Maduna and Margaret Ruff. If you're ready to energize your leadership and create new possibilities, join us for a chance to look through a different lens and gain a new perspective every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. 
If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with Anthony from VeteranTrek.org and also DryHooch.org. He's going to tell us what supplies they still need. So listen up. Uh, You can help. Go ahead, Anthony. Let them know. (laughs) We still need two Goal Zero 19010 Guide 10 Plus kits. Those are solar panels that we'll wear on the back of our uh, rucks that will let us charge our radios, our phones, um, the cameras that we'll be wearing to document the trip. Um, stuff like that. Uh, they're on sale right now, I saw this morning on Amazon, so uh, if anyone's interested in those, that would be great. We still need a, a lot of Use Anywhere MasterCard or gift cards, and that'll give us the ability to uh, stop in any town and basically be able to buy food or any supplies that we need, and we won't be having to carry cash, so if there's any problem, it'll be on cards. Um, we still need lots of AA and AAA battery packs, Quick clot sport bandages, um, four two-quart canteens. We had someone that was really generous and donated us 200-ounce camelbacks, but we still need to be able to carry a little bit more water than that. Um, Potable water purification tablets, uh, pocket mosquito head nets, two one-person pop-up tents that are appropriate for walking 2,700 miles. And people ask us, why do you need a tent? When we're in the desert area, if we need shade, If we get caught in weather, um, if we're in an area that's just got a ton of insects and stuff like that, it'll be great. Plus, Tom and I are going to be spending all the time in the world together. So two (laughs) one-man pop-up tents will just give us that little break from one another at night that we might need. Oh, definitely. All right. Um, We we need two sleeping pads, uh, and we need portable stools. One thing that Tom and I have noticed this summer in preparing is that when we go out and walk, we walk down trails and we'll take a little break. When we sit down, you stiffen up in about a minute, carrying 30 to 40 pounds of equipment on your back. But anytime we come across a stump or sometimes on the trail there's a bench and we sit down, we don't get tightened up. So we're hoping that someone would be willing to donate the stools. If anyone wants to look and see what we what we still need, all they have to do is go to our website, www.veteranstrek.com. On the top, there's uh, information about who we are, why we're doing this, about Dry Hooch, who we're trying to raise the money for, our needs list, and um, a way to donate. So if they're interested, they can get all the information on the website. And hopefully soon they'll be able to uh, donate right from their phone, hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> we're yeah, work, that was a development out. last night. Yeah, uh, definitely. And if I was, I was on that track, and uh, I would ask for that big air-conditioned uh, RV. <laughs> That's not that a trick, nice. Gary. Oh, <laughs> that would be well, nice with the hot tub in the back or on the roof, probably. Uh, exactly, exactly. All right. Well, All right. Don't forget, uh, listeners, next week uh, they'll be back on. Uh, Anthony will be back on uh, telling us a little bit more, getting ready for that uh, trek. And I appreciate your time, Anthony. Uh, Good luck. Um, And uh, come on, guys, everybody that's in our listening area, which is the world, by the way, uh, can give something to help out here. No problem. 31 days from today we leave. 31 days. There we go. 31 days, but um, I don't believe on this show we have mentioned that Veterans Trek is doing this to raise PTSD awareness, which is very, very important. 
Yes. Oh, definitely. Sure is. So we appreciate your time, Anthony. Hope uh, all that support comes in very soon. Um, you have a great day. And we're going to be getting back to uh, uh, Vince with Team Rubicon USA. Okay. No problem. Thanks a lot for the time, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank Thanks, you. Anthony. Thanks, Anthony. Yep, bye. All right. All right, Vince, we're, we're on that subject. Um, um, and now maybe. About you can... your membership. Okay. Yes, definitely. Sure. So, um, you know, we were talking a lot about, you know, obviously, um, you know, Team Rubicon has the ability to bring a lot of leadership into um, unorganized um, events, whether it's a disaster or a group as well. Um, so, you know, one, one of the things that we're able to do in, in a lot of these disasters, we did it in Sandy. It was very successful. Um, I, I went to a tornado response in Daresville, Georgia, where we, we did the same type of concept. But we were able to partner up our um, team leaders with um, spontaneous volunteers, civilian volunteers that came in. And basically, our team leaders can take a quick assessment of the skill sets and the capabilities of those people that are coming in and go out there and, and maximize the effort of people who are just showing up and want to help. Um, and in Daresville, you know, we had probably, I think, approximately 20 Team Rubicon responders on the ground, yet we were leading hundreds of mm -hmm. volunteers out doing cleanup work and things of that, that nature. The, the other thing, as far as civilians are concerned... Um, you know, there's, like I said, probably 10 to 20 percent of our, our membership base is civilian, including a lot of our leadership in our, our different regions. Um, one of the things that we found, uh, first of all, when I say civilian, you know, they, they weren't military, but they usually were some sort of a first responder or public servant, you know, mm -hmm. here here in the States. And they come in with a special skill set, just like the military vets do. As soon as we put on that Team Rubicon shirt, um, one, one of the things that we found is the culture is the culture. You know, we mm -hmm. uh, really, the, the brother and sisterhood that, that, that evolves around Team Rubicon and that logo is amazing. I mean, you have people um, tattooing that logo on their body after wow. these um, disaster responses. And I, I always got a kick out of that because, you know, here I have these hardcore, you know, kick-ass Marines working for me. Um, and they're, they're going in and they're so passionate about what they're doing now with Team Rubicon and what it's provided for their lives. They get done and they want to put that on their body. And I love it. Um, and the civilians that come in, the, the um, first responders, the nurses, the doctors, the firefighters, and the paramedics are real similar in that culture and that base. Um, you know, especially the ones who have left um, their service. Uh, they, you know, they, they long for that camaraderie and that teamwork, that sense of belonging. And that's what team Rubicon's done for all of us. Um, mm -hmm. you know, whether you're, you're from the coast guard, the Marines, the, the, you know, whatever the branch of service you are, it, it gives back that, that sense of brotherhood and sisterhood that we miss. Um, wow. and, yeah. and you know, Vince, uh, in talking to many of the people who have volunteered for team Rubicon, I've talked to a number and, one of the things they say really has set it apart, in addition to the unity that you provide with the sense of purpose and mission, is that helping other people helps them work through some of their own personal issues that may have come back with them. Can you address that a bit? Yeah, I think that's a really important concept that I think, you know, going into this, we all have a sense of service. Everybody that's there um, involved in Team Rubicon, you know, they're leaving their homes 
their families, their, you know, their jobs, their colleges, once again, they're getting called back to serve. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're answering that call and, and they're, they're willing to be on standby to put their lives aside to go out and to, to respond, whether it's for seven days or a month and a half. Um, these guys, you know, are willing to, to do that again. But there's also that sense of um, fulfillment that we receive by providing this. You know, we go out there and, and even though these guys are definitely very selfless in the sense of their service and what they're wanting to do. I think there is this sense of, um, you know, I, I need that. I need that for myself to, mm-hmm. to help myself in my healing and, 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 and feeling like I still have a sense of purpose, you know, and that sense of service doesn't go away. And, you know, sitting next to someone that, that has just lost everything in their life and, and, and seeing them sit next to this, um, hardcore, um, vet with his sleeves cut off and tattoos all over his arms, eating an MRE and see these people share those MREs and then hug and, and cry and, and spend that moment together. Um, you know, there's some healing that goes both directions there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that, you know, you can't, you can't forget, you know, some of the stories coming out more, I mean, and they, it's the same in Sandy. Um, you know, I can remember in Sandy talking to someone <clears throat> after the day and I asked him, I said, Hey, how was you guys today? And he said, you know, it was, the, the best part about what we did today was when I sat down with, with some of those spontaneous volunteers and they asked me about my experience, you know, in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that they were genuinely concerned. And I haven't had anyone do that since I've been back. And it was it was great for me to be able to see that they they were interested and they wanted to know and they, they were concerned about how I felt about what was going on. Um, another story coming out more when we were in more. Um, you know, one of one of our veterans and volunteer members um, had an experience where he uh, was doing some work at a house, and one of the, the children came up to talk to him, and she told him, she goes, "Yeah, I was in the school when the tornado hit," and he goes, "Oh, tell me about that." And she said, "Oh, yeah, it was me and my friend, and we we got buried in there, and we had to dig, dig ourselves out." Um, and and then she skipped off down the road, <laughs> and he said, you know, to hear the 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 story and to share that with her and to realize how brave these people are um, that have gone through this, um, you know, and and more is a good example. I mean, those people were just amazing. The the hope that they provided for us, um, you know, it was definitely I got to say it's selfish on my sense because it, it gets addictive. You need that. You want it. Um, you, you crave for it because the, the feeling you get of fulfillment in providing that, that aid. Wow. Well, you can hear the passion in your voice. <clears throat> and I think your story about the child is so phenomenal because one of the best ways to heal after trauma is to work and fulfill a mission and do it with other people and the teamwork. I think all of us who watched the Moore situation on television were just awed by the response of these people who just picked themselves up by their bootstraps and the fact that you all were there right beside them, as with all of these disasters, is is truly a tribute to the American grit, for lack of a better word. Boy. Well, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and take a short break. But before we go, let me tell you about what happened with Brad Zare's concert that we had last Friday on the 26th. It was a total success. Brad actually blew the doors off the place. Very soon we'll be having him back at our office location once again at the 1876 Heritage Inn, this time for a benefit concert. And this one you can't afford to miss. Keep checking our web and mobile site for details. Also, while you're there, check out our sponsors. I'm Gary Ray along with my host, Linda. 
and our guest, Vince, from Team Rubicon. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even co-worker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite, live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Uh, while we're on break, we're talking about some good questions here. Linda, why don't you go ahead with, uh, uh, I believe it was the work one. Yes, I, I'm most interested if, Vince, you could share a bit of the breadth and the scope of work that you all did in more. I'm sure our listeners would be very interested in that. Sure. Um, okay, so... We, we, you know, we started work um, right around May 21st. We arrived on the ground, and our initial operations was recon. You know, when we first arrived there, there was thousands and thousands of people. I mean, you can imagine just everybody wanting to come and help. Um, and there was a lot of questions about, you know, who could actually operate in those areas. There was the, the National Guard and the police um, force was had everything locked off, um, uh, especially the area around the school um, and the more medical center. Um, so, you know, our initial thoughts, um, we, we actually set up in the Home Depot parking lot there um, right off of um, the interstate. And it was a great location because we have a partnership with, with Home Depot. Um, they, they provide us with a $300,000 grant 
um, for equipment and to support our operations throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And and through this operation, um, they they actually gave us another a hundred thousand dollar grant, which was used specifically for more. So, you know, not knowing what we we're doing, not knowing the scope of work, being set up in their parking lot, and they're like, "Yeah, go ahead and you can stay for as long as you want." And uh, so we were right there in the area of of high impact, you know, ground zero. Had that relationship with Home Depot, and we initially started going in and. We were doing uh, debris removal, um, some expedient home repair, some things like that. But the weather was crazy going mm-hmm. in there. I mean, we we were still getting tornadoes. Um, we uh, <clears throat> were getting hell that was coming through there. Got you know grapefruit size hell one night. Um, another tornado came through that same area. Actually, flooded our our fob, our, our forward operating base. Got flooded one night. We lost a lot of equipment, but our footprint was solid. We're able to establish that that point, but when that storm came through, a lot of the homes, because there's so much damage, mm-hmm. they um, ended up with with just you know black mold, um, further repairs. So you know we started out doing some tarping operations, um, a lot you know light chainsaw work, and then we ended up doing some muckouts, and we'd go in there and we we'd help remove a lot of the drywall. Um, a, a lot of the, the the homeowners' belongings, but then then we it turned into more of a demo type operation, and that was something we had never dealt with before. And we we initially when we drove in there, we found two skid steers in the Dallas area that we brought with us, um, which is another story all in itself because we we drove all over for trailers and trucks and skid steers and went back and forth. It took us several hours just securing those two pieces of equipment. But so we started working with those, and we eventually ended up with some excavators um, and then some um, large backhoes. And actually, JCB ended up uh, we were we were spending thousands of dollars on this heavy equipment um, for the demo work. And uh, JCB came through as a sponsor and and provided us with a lot of equipment that we needed, and and really um, helped us um, expand our operations a great deal. You know, and anytime you do demo work, demo work, excuse me, um, dealing with the homeowners, um, you know, that's a real sensitive subject because mm-hmm. that's that's their lives. I mean, that's where their their kids were raised and where their parents had passed away. Um, a lot of those people, multi generation homes. So, you know, we spent a lot of time, you know, sifting through rubble with these people for their belongings. Um, you know, looking for pictures and personal belongings. Um, finding, you know, just anything and everything we could to help these people with their healing and be able to move on and, 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 you know, the, the next stage of that, you know, for the rebuilding process. Um, and, and with us doing that, that sparked a lot of <laughs> other memories and, and things on our side and emotions and stuff. And there's a, just an immediate connection. So, you know, the, I think the important thing for a lot of people to come in, you know, if you hire a contractor to, to tear down your home or, or something like that, you know, you don't have that personal connection always, but I know that every home that we worked on with every homeowner, um, there was a personal connection on both levels for these people. Um, mm. Another thing that was really neat that we were able to do is connect with the, the, the veterans that were in the area. You know, there was a lot of, of veterans and first responders and stuff that had their homes damaged and, and going in there and working on their homes and helping them. There was a, definitely a special connection, you know, then they found out that you know, they had vets working on their house, um, 
you know, they start swapping stories. And um, sometimes those guys would be like, you know, there for hours, you know, just, you know, connecting with these people um, and, and taking, you know, a lot of the home, we did a lot of flag rescue, um, found a lot of flags um, that we were able to either repost or that were damaged to the point. Um, on, I know on flag day, we actually had a flag retirement ceremony that we did um, at our um, base. Um, real powerful ceremony. Wow. that was great. Yeah. Um, and, and we took a lot of those flags that we had found in the, the rubble and actually were able to retire those properly. Um, so, you know, our scope of work definitely expanded. Um, it, it, there was some challenges that we faced when we were in there more too, um, because there were so many groups that were in the initial area that lodging and, and billeting was an immediate problem for us. And so one of the things that kind of a cool story is when we first rolled in, we found a community called Minko, Oklahoma, which was a small, you know, I would say a couple thousand people population, you know, the population, just 2000 people in there had one high school, had a gym with, um, four showers, um, four toilets. Um, but they put us up in that gym and we showed up and they had cots set up for us. Um, they had food, they had water, um, they, they greeted us, and we were trying to find some housing, some building that was closer to our area of operation. Our AO was, you know, an hour away. And after we built this sense of community in Minko, um, we couldn't leave. Um, these people Aww. would come in, and they'd hang out with us. They'd, um, they'd bring us food. They, they, um, some of the best stories, you know, they, they'd bake us brownies and stuff, but they'd cook us these huge meals um, and, and breakfast and stuff. And, um they would come in and play softball with the guys at night, you know, trying to find some recreational activities was always a challenge because, um, you, we were so remote. There wasn't a whole lot to, for the guys to do in their downtime. So we ended up buying a bunch of softball gloves and, and balls and a couple of bats. And pretty soon the kids from the local community would come, um, play softball with these, these vets. And, uh, <laughs> You know, it was the interaction that occurred um, with that. And then the parents would start coming down and watching the games. And uh, that was a really powerful moment, too, um, for all of us. And we loved it. And we, the, last, the last game we had, um, just re- I think we played till probably midnight um, out there on that baseball field um, with those kids. Um, but Minko, what a great community. Um, you know, the superintendent of those schools was a very gracious host. Um, uh, just... He, you know, one of our my big things is that the, our purpose is service, you know, um, that that sense of servant leadership that we can provide and the example we can set to the community and to, to the public and giving back and doing it for free and going above and beyond. And and that really struck a chord with him. And, and I remember he came in and he was talking about, you know, he's a Christian. He's talking about Jesus. If Jesus was back, he would have joined Team Rubicon. And it was funny because we always <laughs> kind of. We feel like we're a little bit edgy, you know, a little bit of like on the pirate side of of disaster response. <laughs> and um, and it was just his example that, you know, hey, you know, you guys are setting that example of uh, servant leadership and followership that, you know, the community respects. And it was a really powerful moment for sure for all of us. Yeah. What Very. a testament to be able to communicate with the community and to share the values. It sounds as though... Team Rubicon brings out the best in their own team, but it brings out the best in the communities as well. Yes. 
Vince, why don't you go ahead and uh, let our listeners know how they can get involved by donating. Uh, where do they go? Sure. Um, probably the easiest way is uh, you know, go to our website, team, teamrubiconusa.org. And um, there's areas on there to, to donate. You can become a, a regular donor, um, do monthly donations, um, or you can make a one-time donation. Um, there's links on there. And then there's all kinds of information on our, our website as far as our mission, identity, certain ops that are going on. You know, we've ran, I think, um, a dozen operations in the past couple of months throughout the USA, um, different social aspects. Um, but the donate button is there bright red on the right and uh it's a 501c3 uh, so you know a great organization if you're looking at someone you know i know a lot of people give to red cross and some of these or- other organizations which are great organizations as well um but I, I i can tell you from being a a donor myself to this organization i i know where that money went um i spent it <laughs> actually more you know with this <laughs> with this seeing the volunteers and there's very few organizations out there i think that that do not only disaster response, but that can provide a service to our veteran population the way, you know, that, that Team Ruby, I'm passionate about it. I think it's going to be um, the best thing through disaster response and veteran reintegration that, that we'll see in this century, for sure. Vince, are they able to also volunteer? Absolutely. The if they have a skill set, um, there's um, links on there. Um, uh, for a volunteer application, you can fill it out. If you, um, you're either a veteran or you're a disaster professional and you want to, to fill that out, um, that information is there. And then they'll assign you with a regional administrator with your own region as well. And then one other thing, too, is social media is a really big um, aspect of what we do. You know, we're on Twitter, we're on, on Facebook, but definitely, um, you know, go into the Facebook page and liken that because a lot of the, um, a lot of the funner uh, I, that's probably not the appropriate term, but a lot of the lightheartedness um, aspects of Team Rubicon comes through on that social media, um, and definitely a, a good way to keep keep tabs on what we're doing. All right, I'll tell you what, we're going to go ahead and take an early, a little bit earlier, so we have a little more time on our last break. Just a reminder that every week, as of August 30th, we'll be having live updates from Anthony and Tom on their adventures across the USA. If you would like to be an exclusive sponsor for all the live web and mobile updates, send us your email with your contact info to sponsorship at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Linda, and our guest Vince from Rubicon, and also you're listening to the American Heroes Network powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. How do you know if you're living with an addict? If you think you know all the recognizable signs, you probably don't. If you're listening to and reading from the so-called experts, you probably don't. You need to hear from a parent, just like yourself, who has been there and can tell you what it's like firsthand. Please listen to Afflicted by Addiction with Bradley DeHaven. Our program is heard every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It just might save your life or the life of someone you love. 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Uh, Linda, why don't you go ahead with that next question that we talked about? You know, Vince, you mentioned that Home Depot is one of your sponsors. Clearly, these are huge organizations that not organizations, huge missions that you are on. And I know you need many sponsors. Can you name a couple of others that helped you in more and then perhaps Sandy and, and, and name some of those who are really behind what you're doing? Because I, as I said, these are enormous missions that you undertake. Yeah. Um, you know, I, <laughs> this is always kind of tricky because I don't want to leave anyone out, but some things that come to the top of my head, you know, obviously, you know, like you mentioned, Home Depot is just a just a great longstanding um, partner that we've had. And JCB provided us with a lot of equipment. But, you know, in this this operation in itself, you know, radio comms was a big issue. We needed radio comms um, having 100 plus people on the ground as opposed to eight. Uh, comms was a big issue. So Motorola actually provided us with $40,000 in equipment, um, including repeaters. Um, and there was a local company called Total Radio that came in and installed that and, and maintained our radios for us, which is awesome. Gold Zero, Gold Zero, which Anthony mentioned, um, is, a, is a tremendous sponsor of ours, um, providing us with a lot of power. You know, we can go into homes and, and the, the electricity's out. They don't have generators. They can't afford generators. We can put temporary lighting in there for them. Um, mm. and, and for ourselves to have a good work environment where we're not running generators all the time. Um, uh, Airlink, which is a nonprofit that, that helps um, leverage flights for volunteers going to these types of events, they, they hooked us up with, um, you know, I think over 250 free flights between Southwest Airlines and JetBlue. Uh, JetBlue and Southwest, I mean, I can't say enough about those guys and what they're able to provide for us getting our, our responders to these um, different disasters. They've been great partners. And, you know, and I think one of the biggest ones that we have is really makes us unique from a lot of these other disaster organizations, other than the veteran aspect is, is Palantir, which is a, you know, is a, a multi-billion dollar software company and they have a philanthropy, um, division, which is us, you know, they, they help support us in our operations and they bring out software and we can go out with a mobile app on, um, an Android device and go out in the field and do damage assessments. And, you know, we talked about the scope of work and what we were providing. That was one of the first things we did is we went into these areas and we started doing damage assessments and uh, we take the information, we enter it in the phone, we can take pictures um, and then, and, and take even a work order from the homeowner if, if, they, if they're there 
that information is then sent directly to our command post where we can create a work order or we can map that information um, and we can do damage assessments initially. And this, this software is the same software that was being used in Afghanistan to, to you know, track terrorist activity and IEDs and things like that. So our, our population base is really versed in the way it's used. And mm. um, so they'll come out and they'll support us with their, their staff, their equipment. Um, and then this information that we collect can be used for different things. Like, for example, um, we can in New York, in Hurricane Sandy, at Daresville, Marcel's, um, and again, and more, we can provide that information back to the city um, and, and for the other nonprofits as well, which, you know, even though we operate the software, we'll share it with the, the data with anybody and we'll collect their data as well. And then that can go back to the city or the community for their, their FEMA reimbursements, which in turn can save them millions of dollars um, just through the efforts of, of us um, on the ground. This so. Sounds- uh, so, so I'm sorry to interrupt, but this sounds as though you're able to supply the metrics that are required for a lot of the reimbursements or the insurance or the governmental interventions. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, since we're willing to share it, um, you know, we're their philanthropy um, project, but we're, we're willing to share it with whoever wants that information and collect it. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely non-proprietary in that sense. And and we want them to have that because I think, once again, it, it makes us um, even more useful. And, and, you know, we want to, to involve the veterans in our population base. I mean, we realize that that's important. But if we can do that, and, you know, in this community alone, we saved the community just $2.9 million in, in cleanup fees. Um, you wow. know, we had only had 450 volunteers. We did about 500 work orders, but we saved $2.9 million in cleanup fees. But that can be grow that can grow exponentially by the way you capture that data, which we're able mm-hmm. to do with the Palantir software. Um, it's the most robust and advanced software out there that, that can do this type of stuff. So, um, really, some some cool stuff. Um, and uh, I, you know, those guys they come out and they hang out with us, and and we tease them because they're all a bunch of computer geeks, but they're they're really truly <laughs> truly part of us too i mean they they get the culture they they embrace it they love it and they're our brothers and sisters as well when they they walk out of there um so great organization all right why don't you get that address one uh, one well a couple more times okay uh team rubiconusa.org and also on facebook if they just find us team rubicon they can like us on there um and they can get information there but definitely go to our webpage team rubiconusa.org and and check that out as well you have to have a lot of likes, right? Um, you know, I, we do. And uh, it's funny because whenever someone posts a picture, that'll get shared and shared. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's pretty amazing to see that that go through there. That's phenomenal. I guess we have an important story coming up. Linda, you want well, to take that one? <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the stories that, I, you know, there's so many stories that came out of more. Um, but one, one of the best ones, you know, I was the initial incident commander on scene, um, rolled in with our, our first advanced team. And, uh, because of the political climate there, um, it was, you know, it was difficult to get in there and and to, to actually engage and start our, our process of work. And, uh, everybody knew who we were, um, you know, team Rubicon, they were familiar with us. Um, and, uh, but there was a lot of organizations that did what we did, and they weren't familiar with the, the aspects of Palantir and stuff like that. So there was a lot of massaging of the political aspect um, of the climate that was there, um, trying to, to establish our operations and get a good foothold that, that would last throughout the, the operation that we knew we wanted to be there for a long period of time. So 
we, you know, we weren't just going to just show up and you clean up some yards and leave. Um, so we, I politically had to attend a lot of meetings and build some trust with the, the VOADs and the, the local, um, agencies. And, um, we ended up, uh, because of our relationship with, uh, the Obama administration, um, from the past, they, they were familiar with us. Um, they actually invited us to, um, greet Obama when he showed up and did his tour of the site. So, um, myself and a couple of our team members went to that meeting at the local fire station in EOC. Um, and we were the only disaster organization there. Um, and, uh, we were standing in the receiving line and we were at the end, you know, obviously there's a lot of diplomats and politicians and community leaders and people there. And, you know, he came through the line and, um, really, uh, and it's a, a politically, I'm, I'm sure it was a really interesting situation. I'm not political, but I know that that's, uh, that wasn't a, a place that he had, had done well politically. And, you know, here these people are hugging and talking and crying. And he gets to us at the end of the line and he shakes my hand. And, and, uh, first of all, he held on to my hand for a really long time, you know, kind of that one of those uncomfortable handshakes, you know, <laughs> I, thought, I thought, you know, this is, this is interesting. And he says to me, he says, team Rubicon, he says, I, I know who Team Rubicon is, and he turns to the senator next to him. He says, "Are you familiar with Team Rubicon?" And he says, "No, <laughs> sir, I am not." And he proceeds to tell our story to the entire room—a um, a room of people who, you know, originally were un- unsure if they even wanted to let us operate in the area because they were were unfamiliar with, you know, the Palantir software and some of the, the capabilities we had. Um, just real hesitant. And Obama now gives us the the shout out of the century, you know, and, and says, <laughs> "You know, these guys." These guys are amazing. You should see what they're doing for our vets and, and the vet reintegration and, um, you know, and the type of work they're doing. And if you don't know these guys, you need to know them. And they're the type of people you want to have here in your community. And uh, it was just real powerful, you know, to have someone, you know, once again, regardless of anybody's political background, to have, you know, the, the pre- president of the United States sit, stand there and give you that kind of, um, you know, shout out. It was just a, an amazing thing. Um, so, it, it really boosted our credibility from that, <laughs> that point on. And um, everybody, uh, you know, as we started to win fans through that process anyway, um, that definitely sealed the deal for, for a lot of people. And they said, okay, you guys obviously are, are more than just a bunch of disaster chasers. And there's more to your story than just going out and, and doing some disaster removal. You know, you guys are, are doing a lot more on, on a higher level. So it was pretty powerful. All right. Um, we only have about a minute left, and I'd like to thank Vince from Team Rubicon USA for being with us today. Vince, what would you like to share with our listeners in closing? You know, I think just the, the biggest thing is, um, you know, for people who aren't familiar with Team Rubicon, I mean, right now, you know, we're on average, we have 22 veteran suicides a day. And, you know, we feel like, you know, that is unacceptable. And, and there's there's many avenues out there, and Team Rubicon's one of them. And, you know, I think for people that are out there, they're looking for something different that don't feel like they belong anymore, that, that are looking for that connection. Look at Team Rubicon. Um, you know, we, we are doing some great things and you've got brothers and sisters out there that, that want to help you. And, and you're still, you know, you're still capable of, of functioning at a high level um, as a civilian out in this society through an organization like, like this. So um, TeamRubiconUSA.org. Um, check us out. And uh, really, I appreciate you guys taking the time to to talk to me. It's been great. I appreciate it, Vince. Again, Linda, you have any closing remarks? No, I'm just so proud of this organization and I'm so glad to feature you today, Vince. And hats off to 
both the missions you've already accomplished and those that you will tackle in the future. It's an amazing organization, and we encourage all of our listeners to look into it. And as been said, suicides are just way too high. And finding a mission and a, and a place to put your energy that is actually doing things is very, very powerful. Thank you, Vince. Thank, thank you. Thank you. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda Crater. Signing off, and thank you for listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and have a terrific week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America wants you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 